From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, hey, it's hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring in Jonathan Swindle, Mike Singleton over there, cooing, cooing, and lovey Devin with his wife. Oh, while this she's thing out, is a train wreck. While no, she's out, I don't uh, think so. I think I'm in a little trouble right now. And, and we uh, got Diego. a new conductor fixing to jump on board. <laughs> and, of course, it wouldn't be complete if I didn't get my uh, my uh, sister on the phone uh, calling in from Texas, who's uh, experiencing, if you've listened to the show before every year, her and her girls go out and do the annual redfish trip and apparently uh, today is the day i can't believe it's been a year already has it been a year it's been a year bub uh, has it or are you just like covid crazy and you think uh screw it we're going out early <laughs> yeah not too but nope it's been a year really are you going out with the same guy you had last year yeah my buddy chet awesome now you guys did pretty good last oh, year hold on, you... hold on oh, okay. got a fish. Got a fish on but okay, is this the first one of the day, or have you guys been at it? Oh, no, we got three in the box already. What? Wow, they ain't hey, messing around. I the first one, brother. Who is that? <laughs> Total chaos. All right, remember, you, you, this is live radio, so you have to make a, you have to pick something. You're either going to talk on the phone, or are you going to? What are you doing? Hold on, I'm reeling. Oh my god. Okay. All right, but yeah, I was just swinging a miss. I I was uh, didn't pull back because I was holding the phone. But we got another fish on now. Why Why are you pulling back? Are you still using J hooks? What are you guys primitive cave people? What What's wrong with circle hooks? <laughs> no, we got these are spinning reels. They're yeah. doing what the captain tells them to do. Yeah, but I mean, what hooks are you using? If you're having a jerk, you shouldn't have to jerk. If you got If you got circle hooks, croaker hook. What? Croaker hook. What the hell is a croaker hook? Like a offset circle, I think. No, it's not. Yeah, I think it is. Look it up. I want to see if I want to no, see proof of this. I'm gonna look it up. We, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're fishing with crab. Oh, nice. that's that's a good redfish yeah. bait. So are you using fiddler crab or blue crab? Blue crab. Big blues. Cut Big blues. Ha- Let's see. Oh, we just got a good one in the boat. Are you breaking? Are you breaking them in half or are you uh, using a whole crab? He quarter, we quarter them. Oh, nice. Very nice. So they don't catch the redfish, they can eat the crab later. Right? <laughs> Let's see. We just got a, what, 23 and three quarters in the boat. Nice. Is that a keeper? Oh, yeah. We're 18 and about here. Wow. How many can y'all keep? No, 20 to 28. Sorry, 20 to 28. 20 to 28. That's not too bad. You got one right in the slot. By the way, I stand corrected. There is a thing called a croaker hook. And, and basically, I was basically. <laughs> oh, you had to Google it or well, what? Did, no, he Mike didn't did. Me. Mike did because uh, oh. you know I don't know why you'd have to call it a croaker hook. When you he you know just your brother it. wouldn't argue with a signpost. <laughs> it's just called. Uh, it's just basically a wide gap hook. Is all you have to you had to say was uh, you know if you you know normal American terms. Offset <laughs> circle. Yeah, croaker yeah. hook. Yeah, well, whatever. Ah. I guess they call it a croaker because you like use croakers for bait with it or what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't know. 
but the the eye is actually bent instead of going straight. That's right. It is. It's bent offset. Yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> but it's not offset as an offset. It's hook. an offset cr- a circle hook, pretty yeah. much. Am I right? No, it's not a circle not hook. That ain't no, a circle. Off. It's an offset tail hook, is what it is. Yeah, that ain't no circle hook. Are you out of your mind? Look how flat that thing is. You're crazy. <laughs> About as flat as my belly. <laughs> that is your belly. That's the belly of it. So, how long are you guys going to stay out? Are you going to be out all day, or are you just going to do four uh, hours? Or we plan on limiting out and being at a place called Pops by about noon. Now, let's go. I was Pop. about to say the way they're catching fish, they might be at Pops is by about ten thirty. Uh, well, you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I got. Does Pops will Pops cook your catch for you? Yes, they will. That's awesome. Yes. That's a good plan. Get out but there. we're doing chicken fried steak tonight. Yep, there uh, chicken go. fried steak. A little bit of gravy. Chicken fried steak, gravy, mashed potatoes, salad. Damn. Got a little heavy cream to go in those mashed potatoes, too. <laughs> <laughs> heavy whipping cream in the mashed potatoes. How many beers? Oh. oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show now. Yeah, be careful. Well, that's all right. Uh, family shrink beer. A little okay. light this morning a makes pedi- for a good day. Ah, that means last night was a little rough. If you're drinking Pedialyte first thing in the morning. <laughs> you got to understand, hey. it's a girl's fishing trip, which means it started the night before. So, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that and uh, one of the girls, Lori Walter, it's her 46th birthday today. Yay, happy 46. Happy that, birthday. that means if you combine both numbers, she's actually only 10. So it's all good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She ain't got a fish yet, though. Oh, well, you know, most, most kids are horrible fishermen when they're young. So, you know, she starts off, she's 10. <laughs> she's 10. Hey, she gets whiny, too, when she doesn't catch any. <laughs> okay, hold on. Well, well okay. Uh, uh, hold on. No, I, I got the phone now. She got a bite. Okay. She's commentating right. for you, bud. Is, are you all we right? To, we're, we're in an area that doesn't have good service, so we have to hold the phone up in the air. Or we're going to lose you. <laughs> what is this, like 1994? <laughs> what are you doing? Did you pull the, <laughs> the antenna out? We're in the airboat, then we're way back in the back lake. Oh, you're in an airboat, so why don't you just get on the top seat and sit on top of the cage? That yeah. way you'll be high enough and you'll be good. Our captain's in that seat. You know what? Uh, I know you're a Texas girl and all that stuff, and you're living down south around Victoria, but you mentioned chicken fried steak, and you know where you find the best chicken fried steak in the state of, of Texas, don't you? At Kent Del Gordon's house tonight. That's right. <laughs> where? It's actually Goodson's Cafe right outside of Tomball. That's the best chicken fried steak in the world. Greatest. It is the best. Yeah. Ted said he's heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Goodson's Cafe. When I was a young little bitty kid, you used to be able to order your lunch from Goodson's Cafe and you could order a half, uh, a half of a chicken fried steak for your lunch. Then they would bring it in. You school. just be Tomball now. It ain't like where we live there, bub. Yeah, I know. When I talked to you, Lyle Lovett last time, he said, how long has it been since you've been back to Tomball? And I said, oh, it's been over 30 years. He goes, don't go back. He goes, no, don't. don't. He goes, don't even go back. He goes, it's not worth it. He goes, you were there during the good times. Now it's just uh also no, we're just kind of like Plant City and some of these other places It's like Lakeland. Here. You know, when Lakeland Ooh. used to be, you know, <laughs> nothing, and now it's like craziness. Well, you girls, have a great time. Be careful out there. You, Always. You saw what happened to Bart this past week, didn't you? I did, and that's happened to me too, but a girl, my friend did it to me. He literally uh, buried that hook all the way past the curve of the shank 
all the way down Jeez. to the bone in his thumb. So when all these captains, Puccinelli and everybody's like, just do the string trick and pull it out. He's like, dude, I'm a Navy corpsman. It ain't coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't what coming a, well, How did he do that anyway? Uh, ladyfish. He was holding on to the head of the ladyfish. Okay. And, yeah. And he was hunt, out uh, fishing with his son. And he caught a fish, and he was reaching over and trying to tell him to do the lure thing. And the ladyfish gave him the ladyfish shake, which ah. is very violent. And yeah. literally stuck it in, and when he went to drop the fish, it literally like went ahead and impaled it oh, all the way into the rest man. of the way. How you like this, big boy? So he got a ladyfish hanging from his oh. uh, lure from the from his thumb, and Lord, he got hey, it off. Birthday girl got a fish on. Yeah, she got a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Out there fishing with dead shrimp. <laughs> Gotta make that poor girl. All right, brother. Well, I love you. I love you too. You girls, be careful. Be safe. Have fun. Have fun. All right, be I'll safe. Pic- I'll send you some pics. Yeah, I'd love to. Have them. Bye. Happy birthday. Bye. See, Bye. see you, Captain. Good luck for you too. He's gonna. He's He's gonna need uh, all the help he can get with that boatload of Texas girls. Hang out before they start cussing. Seriously. <laughs> they got a fish on. Sooner or later, somebody's going to be like, don't blank it and blank, blank, blank the fish. Blank it, blank it, blank it, blank it, blank it, blank it. All right, we're taking a real quick Never. break. We're going to take a fast break, you guys. It is a Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayton Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Mike Singleton sitting in for our own Bill George, who is a stayed home. I think maybe he caught a little sinus, whatever, uh, while he was down there. In, uh, I think he caught a little uh, bit of burning the candle at both ends. And that that has a lot to him. do with it, too. Uh, he's, it's not COVID-related or Delta-related, so we don't have to worry about Everybody that. Everybody settle down. Uh, this past week, my brother got his, uh, as I put it on social media, got his uh, ladyfish uh, variant virus shot this past week. When he impaled a uh, a mirror lure um, treble hook off the front treb all the way down on the side of his hand on his uh, right thumb, Ugh, all the way finger hurt all the way down past the bone, all the way down through the curve, everything else. So he ended up having to go down to the uh, emergency room because he walked into the urgent care thing and the lady took one look at it and goes, uh, "Yeah, no, you're going to the emergency room. We're not going to attempt to do that here." So after a little bit of cutting and a little scalpel work and all that stuff, they basically had to go down there and get it. <clears throat> the doctor, I don't know if it's his first time, you know, or any of that. You know, his first thing they always do is they cut it, you know, to get to remove it and all that kind of stuff. Well, they cut it at the skin. So when you do that and human flesh goes <laughs> and closes back up. So now it's like now we have to bring out a scalpel, do some cutting, dig down, get down and... Get it out Why not it. deaden it, flip it around? Till, uh... That's what he ended up doing. <clears throat> I won't go into the other details in the room because uh, Bart being the uh, 
ex-Navy corpsman that he is, as soon as the doctor left the room, he put on a pair of gloves, or put on one glove, and started trying to extricate it on his own. <laughs> so, as the doctor was out of the room, and then he comes walking back, and he throws him down real quick. Huh? And then nothing to see. Nothing to see here. <laughs> but uh, he finally got it out. But uh, of course, they got him on uh, diaxacillin, dia, diacycillin, or whatever, whatever, some antibacterial type, uh, you know, to keep any infection and all that kind of stuff down because it wasn't salt water and it wasn't the mouth of a fish and all that kind of good stuff. You know, those things that we used to take for granted as kids. You got to cut. You know, just go jump in the canal, man. Get that salt water in it, man. I'll clean it right up. Well, uh, after this happened, of course, to my brother, then the story comes out about this Texas fisherman who, uh, Raymond Mock, uh, 61 years old, he was hospitalized back in July 23rd with a uh, fibrosis infection. Fibrosis infection. Of course, he was fine, told his family not to worry, all that stuff. But uh, that same day, he was put under anesthesia, and they uh, cut off his leg. Nice. A little too late because the infection already had gone into his blood and moved around even after the amputation. His organs failed, and he ended up passing away. Uh, 61 years old and uh, got it from an oyster cut. Uh, doing some wade fishing out there and got a cut on the leg. And uh, next thing you know, he's not doing too good and ends up passing away. Uh, so. Terry uh, Bolden, are you listening to this? Last weekend, we were out scalloping. Same thing happened. He cut his foot on an oyster and it bled and bled and bled. Which and is bled. actually a good thing as long as it's bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's best to let that sucker bleed and let it wash out, do whatever it's got to do. Mm-hmm. As soon as you close it up and all that stuff, you're closing all that crud right back into it. So. That's true. Uh, but he said, uh, the story goes on to say about 100 people a year die from these uh, uh, this type of infection, the flesh-eating bacteria, as they like to call it, out of the 80,000 infections that usually come into hospitals around the country each and every year. So... 80,000, 100 people out of 80,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but do you want to be one of those 100? So I I do it. I've done it. I don't know how many times I've scraped my leg on barnacles and stuff, you know, wade fishing around mangroves, cut my feet, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But I've always been under that. Uh, maybe I'm the lucky one. I don't know. I, I you know, Bottles just, of peroxide and walking salve. And you know what? My dad used to always say, and I hate to say it, I, I'm repeating, I'm parroting what he says, let it bleed. Let it bleed. Don't try to stop it. Let it bleed and let it stop on its own. Let it bleed. Bleed. Let it bleed. Let it bleed. Let it bleed. The worst one that I ever had, and I can remember it to this day, and my dad even tells a story. We were down at Inglewood where we always went down to Angler's Resort, backing the boat down, and we had the boat ramp had the old stair step seawall, and I was walking down the seawall holding the rope and just whatever got distracted and fell off. Well, of course, everybody that had the barnacles and all that right there, I fell off the side of the seawall, and it cut my – you can still see a little bit of the scars, but it cut my leg up like I was in a, a shark attack. Yeah. And that was – Mom, I got out. We got out, went right over there, sat down next to the shuffleboard court. Here she come out with the big old half-gallon bottle of peroxide and walking salve. And like you said, we sat there for probably five, ten minutes just boiling it out, boiling it out. 
Which is what every doctor and, or corpsman will tell you not to do. And Why is that? Hydrogen peroxide kills tissue. So if you do that in an open cut, it takes longer for it to heal. It uh, kills the tissue hey, around don't, the area. Don't worry, because then she reached in there and she grabbed that red tin of Watkins salve and she slathered that, that right on there. That right there would have been the best thing to tell and on there. believe me, it's... Or as I like to say... Bring back iodine and mercuricone. Uh, what was that red stuff? That's that it. Burnt lights you on fire. Iodine or mercuricone, oh, man. man. That stuff. My dad, you'd see us after playing out in the yard, go in there all messed up. Uh, let's let's put this on it. You're already lit up. From- that was mom's favorite go-to. Dad's favorite go-to yep. was blue coat. What's that? Never heard of that. Oh, blue coat. You want to go ahead and just go ahead and catch yourself on fire? <laughs> <laughs> blue coat is what you use on cattle and horses and everything else. It's uh, it looks like spray paint. They used to call it like purple teramycin or whatever. There's other names for it, but now it's called blue coat. And Literally, it, com- it comes in a like an aerosol old sh- can or the little, as my dad used to have it. He had it in the little shoe polish looking yeah. thing, what has a piece of wire and a like a ball of cotton thing on the end of it, and you dip it in there, and then you slap you slap it on there. The thing is, no, is, you definitely slather that stuff on. When you put that on there, uh, you're going to be marked for at least a month. It does not come off. It does. It stains your skin purple, and it's some people. Not, if the nightclubs really wanted to let people know that you were at the nightclub last night, they put that stuff on there. Like he said, you would definitely <laughs> maybe it'll come back for yeah. a month. Yeah, you can sneak right in. Still marked, good. <laughs> but, but it burned. Oh my gosh! Literally like fire. Mercuricum used to sting. Yeah, and if you blow on it, yep, yep, you know, yep. It would go away. You put blue coat on there, you could dance around, jump up and down, blow on it, rub no. on it, put it under water. It still was that fire. Walking salve, that thing, my finger right there, that saved the end of my finger. Putting that on there with, I crushed it in the hay mower. And yeah. My dad used to have a Levi jacket, you know, a Canadian tuxedo Levi jacket. And uh, my horse, Two Gun, ran into the barbed wire one time. We had show horses, so we didn't have barbed wire. We had just standard twist wire so that didn't tear up the coats or anything. Something spooked whatever he ran, and he had this gash across the end of his, uh, his nose here. And we put a twitch on him and all the other stuff that you got to do to keep a horse from jumping around and bucking around. And he whipped out that bottle of blue coat, said, hold on to him. Hold on to him good. So I've got a twitch in one hand, my hand over the head of the horse, hold him down. And as soon as that blue coat coated that, cut and mm-hmm. seeped into that wound yeehaw there was nothing you could do to get, i was horse that horse was ready to rip his own lip off to get away from whatever it was that was on his face and the head of the horse goes up the bottle of blue coat goes up lands all over the front of my dad's levi jacket 50 years later it's still staying that color <laughs> it'll never come out once it's in there and it's on the fabric it is there forever and it's uh you want to kill an infection? Do they still sell it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But the sad, the sad part about it is, and, and most people ain't buying it for horses when they come into G five. It's all a, I'm well, but a sad part about it is, is there's so much of this stuff, even with certain disease that's going around or the pandemic that's firing back up again. There's certain things like ivermec and some of those other things. Isn't it amazing the uh, healing properties? And some of these <laughs> old people are a wealth of knowledge. Old people I'm just are saying. <laughs> old people are the ones who could save us all. They lived through it. Well, they went you're through helping polio me right now. They went through polio. They went through all this. They lived. So when they come in and they go, you ever get a bad ear infection? Buy this right here. 
You ever get a bad infection on your leg or anything? Buy this right here. I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, and you look at the ingredients, and it's mineral oil, pine tar, turpentine. You know, all the old school yeah. remedies that knock it out in like a day or two. Well, well, look at how many women are going into the feed stores buying mane and tail conditioner. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? I didn't even know you could there, eat diametrous hey, earth till I started working in hey, G5 and how they, many old people come in and get that stuff every year. I live with two every of year. them and one's 91 and one's 93 and I tell everybody if I can move around at and you know both of them. Oh yeah. You know both of them. Mm-hmm. If I can move around at 73 as good as they do at 91 and 93 uh yeah, there's a few things that they do that I'm going to try to... They're uh, probably those same old ladies that come in and they take a spoonful of turpentine every year. <laughs> so Seriously? Grant, yeah. Grant, I'm talking... Well, Drinking turpentine. And Meemaw is an iron horse, too. So I ain't, you know... They, you hey. see them leaving church, buddy, when church is over? You want to clean out that liver and get rid of that stuff that you've uh, you know, bottled up all year? Te- tablespoon of they turpentine. They live that long for a reason. <laughs> My grandfather said, Evan Williams. Cures everything. Uh, <laughs> ancient age is what yeah. my grandfather used to use. Yeah. Get the double A toddy. That'll fix yeah. everything. That's exactly what my grandfather Get Let's get a toddy, son. I yeah. guarantee you, you'll feel better in an That's right. Motussin. Motussin. <laughs> or as Bart says, rub some dirt on it, kook. All right, it is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, we are brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring down Jonathan Swindle, Mike Singleton. We're all sitting in here. Now we're on these home remedies all over the place, but uh, I wanted to kind of lead into uh, going from uh, my brother and his fishing mishap, and now he's on dioxide, whatever, psyllin or whatever it is or something like that. And then, of course, this gentleman out in Texas who died from an oyster cut. And then we go into the lead story that just happened out yesterday, Sarasota County. Uh, health officials issued a no-swim advisory for eight local beaches because the bacteria levels are so high uh, that the uh, Florida Department of Health in Sarasota County said that um, while the beaches will remain open, it's not advisable to swim or get in it in any way, whether you're waiting or anything else like that. So if you're planning on going down to the beach, you're just going to be sitting on the beach. If you're going to Longboat Key, Bird Key Park, John Ringling Causeway Park, Turtle Beach, Nokomis Beach, Bohard Beach, Casperson Beach, Minnesota Key, or Blind Pass Beaches, they tell you don't get in the water. Wow. But Especially if you got any cuts or scrapes or any of that other kind of stuff like here, that. Here's my don't question. Get in what, are they, what are they finding and what do they think is causing it? I mean, well, of course, uh, it's associated with red tide is what they're uh, assuming that it is. 
But it's summertime in Florida. Everything blossoms. Everything what about blooms. the amoebas Everything. and lakes and all that? All that stuff. You got brain-eating uh, amoebas at the bottoms of lakes. You got all this other stuff. Welcome to Florida. Uh, yeah, these are things that weren't in the tourist brochure. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, is if you've ever grown up around saltwater, I know you might have moved here from Michigan or upstate New York or Ohio or something like that. But growing up up down here, there's a reason why you don't eat oysters with uh, without an R in the month. You know, hot, bacteria levels in the water are extremely high. They're bivalves, they're filter feeders. They, you know, they suck in and blow out, and they got all the nastiness all collected in there. And you don't go eating oysters in the middle of summer out of Tampa Bay, or for the most part, anywhere else where the water is not, you know, around 70 something degrees or lower. So, uh, of course, now with Apalachicola, you know, being closed up and all that stuff, most of the oysters that are coming in are coming from far away anyway so it's a little different when it was local and they're local grown oysters you really this time of year <laughs> use them nope. for bait and that's as far as it goes yeah <laughs> i mean uh, you may want to put a few out there on a hook for some sheep's head or something else like that but other than that ain't no way i'm eating those things i don't care how much you cook them i ain't i'm not eating them they don't taste the same and they're uh, not as plump they're not as firm they're all runny and nasty and blah, i'm just not doing it so just uh, be careful. Uh, I wanted to bring this up while Jonathan was in here because I don't know how much longer this will be. I don't know if it's a problem in the state of Florida, so I thought I'd bring the cattle guy in. Oh, gosh. And see what he has to think on this. Um, if you did not know this, I did not know this. I learned this just this past week. If you don't learn something new every day, you might as well be dead. <laughs> Black vultures are killing cattle, so states are now securing permits to kill the nuisance birds. For years, cattlemen across central and southern U.S. have been losing calves or smaller livestock like sheep and goats to predatory attacks by black vultures. It's been happening for a long time. I'd never heard of that. And because the birds are protected, oh, yes. are protected by federal law, ranchers have been largely unable to shoot the birds to protect livestock. But that's changing in Arkansas. They've now uh, said that... Uh, you can go and get uh, predatory permits to remove some of them. Yeah. I think they're going to issue 100 of them. But there are already programs in Kentucky, Tennessee, now Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Oh, God forbid. I had no idea. Oh, yes. That was the first time I've ever heard of that. Me too. And I was like, wait. So I had to read up on this and then go dig into this a little further. I'm getting past the headline. So this permit, now get this, this is where it gets really crazy, all right? The permits are available for Arkansas livestock owners for culling black vultures with each permit allowing the removal of three birds. What the heck's that going to do? Listen and find out. Permits require that slain birds be left in the field as a warning to other vultures <laughs> to vacate the area. This is what's really weird about black vultures. Not the redheaded, not the turkey vultures, not those things. These are the all black, you know, evil looking yeah. thing. Get this. It's a deterrent. In most roost situations, whether in trees or in structure or out in the field, birds can be dispersed quickly and effectively by proper installation of vulture carcasses or effigies. And that's according to the USDA Wildlife Service advises that in a vulture that in a vulture damaged management guide, research shows that correct installation 
almost always results in roost abandonment in three to five days. Mm-hmm. Well, they're thinking if them suckers are dying from it, I darn sure ain't eating it. Well, what in the world just happened to Fred? <laughs> An effigy can either be a taxidermic preparation... Or an artificial device designed and constructed to look like a dead vulture. Regardless of the type, partless, proper installation is critical. Display of carcass or effigy from a high prominent location so that birds using the roost notice it. Black vultures hunt in family groups and are wary of places where one of their own has been killed and the body remains. Yeah, and the other part of it is the smell. And that's according to John Bailey of the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Only black vultures prey on living animals and pose a problem to livestock. The common red-headed turkey vulture only eats carrion, so it does, they don't attack living creatures. Mm. And they talk about the range of the black vultures has been expanding, and their numbers are also increased. Black vultures are now seen year-round as far north as Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. Historically, the birds was much farther south along the Gulf Coast states, Mexico, and Central America. And they say that the birds' extended range and population expansion coincides with a bloom in deer population, according to authorities. Deer mortality has also increased in food supply for the vultures, and that's according to the Arkansas biologist and a member of the Audubon Society. Wow. So now, now here's the funny thing. If you hang a vulture or you leave it where it lies, the rest of them won't come back. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I never heard of something like that. I, I ain't never heard of them eating a, a baby cow or deer or anything. Oh, yes. I didn't know that they did it. Oh, yeah. And so apparently uh, nowadays they, that's why you only have to kill three that's of the them. Sm- it's the smell. I mean, that's you're dealing with a bird, though, too. That and a family member. They're, they're, dealing with a, they're dealing with a bird that, like I said, they're, they can smell as good, if not better, than most predators out there. And well, that's, well, that's smell it from about 500 feet well, up that, in the air. That yeah. tells you they all talk. I mean, let's think about it. You <laughs> well, know, no, it I mean, knocked you off my cousin Joe over there at that farm. <laughs> have, Don't go a, around that yeah, farm, Yeah, you man. have a calf, hits the ground, and I mean, of course, until the mom licks the calf off, the calf's bloody well, and everything that, else. That was so. going on across the street uh, at, at my house where the calves were being born and coyotes were waiting. Sure. Coyotes could smell that she was giving birth. Well, guess what? My neighbors put some donkeys out there. Guess what's showing up dead now? Yeah, coyotes. Donkeys are killing the coyotes. Yeah, 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 yeah they will. Best guard dog ever. Uh, but the thing is, is what they said is if that's why you're only allowed three, because literally three will tell everybody else in the area, don't nope. come here. Don't, don't come here anymore. There. So I guess maybe if a no brood moves in or something like that, you may have to go through the, the whole situation again, but... At least it gives ranchers a chance to go out there and, and you, get them to what, move what, on. What, what did you say about the the Cadillacs and everything else showing up to somebody's uh, funeral? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody yeah. in the family has to have made an example of. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happens. So they made an exa- example of, uh, of uh, Braden, Jonathan, and Mike, and uh, so everybody else goes, yeah, let's not go over there. So, so do we have that many black vultures here? I thought we yes. were more the red-headed vultures Yes. Here. As a matter of fact, there's a, and there's I, another radio station, of course, we're all in this area not too far, but down the road here, there used to be a Cody's Roadhouse down the road here. Behind them is a big giant tower like we have here behind the radio station, the, the relay tower that mm-hmm. goes to the transmitter. For some reason, those things are magnets, magnets for vultures. And those were all black vultures that used to hang out there so bad 
that that's why they closed that Cody's. It was a health department. And they couldn't, since they're federally protected, you can't make the birds move. So they kill the one rest, of them. So the restaurant but, had to move. But if you have a nice golf course or live in a community where they're tearing up your screens and stuff, then exceptions can be made. No, well, Cody should have just killed one of them. Pop one of them off. It's not legal in the state of Florida. We don't have the predation permits here as other states do as of yet. You, you do that at night when they're roosting. No one can see that. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Oh, do Again, your disclaimer. Anything big and wild is not responsible for any legal issues that Mike Singleton may cause you. I, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. I have no idea. I don't know nothing about nothing. Thank God I got my disclaimer guy here. I don't know nothing about nothing. I know a guy with some white walls. That's it. It's like this. It's like people that come in and go, "What can, will this BB gun? Will this kill a hawk?" I don't know nothing I about nothing. I have no idea. I don't know anything about what it is you're talking about. As a matter of fact, I, I think know a that's guy it. that can give you a good deal on a set of white walls. I always <laughs> just tell him, uh, you know, I, that's a that's a felony, and that's a federal crime. That's not a state crime. That's a federal crime. Oh, I didn't know that. As far as it goes, we're all free to choose. <laughs> I was just about to say something, but I didn't want him to have to do another disclaimer. Nice. <laughs> We should just have one on file. Just hit it. Hit, hit the button. Mike Singleton's disclaimer. Yeah. We're taking a break. Thank goodness. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends over Brandon Ford. Go see him today. Get your best deal. Car truck. Do it now. Do it today. Get your best deal. Welcome back, everyone. Think of Wild Outdoors. Go buy Frank, something nice for your life. Frank yeah. Gunn, John Swindle, Mike Singleton, hanging out with you this morning here at the uh, radio stations. Yes, live and in person at the Beasley Broadcasting Gumbo. And uh, during the break, we were talking about the, uh, continuing our conversation about the uh, black vulture. And uh, I just, I remember years and years and years ago, guys, it's over 20 years ago, that, uh, you know, that the, uh, the House of Mouse, got busted by the state of Florida for their um, killing of hundreds of uh, vultures out on their properties by poison. They, you know, they're not going to let you shoot a gun, but they poisoned a bunch of them. And yeah. Got in a mess of crud over that, you know, with the Audubon Society and the the aunties and everybody else. And uh, mainly because not only did they do it, but then they some they tried to hide some of the carcasses in uh, an outhouse pump house type thing out in the middle of somewhere off Disney property. They couldn't dig a hole and bury them? That was stupid. Well, you know, I guess they thought that the other ones were going to take care of the evidence. I don't know. It's <laughs> a small world. And, uh, <laughs> and apparently that doesn't work that way with black vultures. Maybe somebody should have told them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, they don't come and eat their own. They just kind of go, ooh, yeah, mm, I'm not going to do that. Joe took a hit. Get it the heck out. Which made me actually <laughs> think when I read that story the first time, you know, it said that Black vultures will attack living creatures and eat them. Red-headed vultures only eat carrion. I said, so I wonder if the red-headed vultures come in as payback and, like, nosh on the <laughs> other dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
I mean your cousin. <laughs> Take that. Take that. Uh, also, this past week, uh, before we get out of here, uh, of course, living in the state of Florida, we have to deal with all kinds of exotic creatures. As we know, the panfish uh, challenge does nothing but the uh, to help to remove the dangerous and deadly uh, brim out of uh, Lake Panasofsky, whereas the over 200 brave souls that went down into the Everglades to remove the Burmese pythons from 60 different uh, areas and out of state and everywhere else like that came from around the world to participate in this thing. Me and Bill George were going to go down. Uh, apparently the biggest one was 15 feet, and our buddy Dusty Crumb, he actually was like number two. I think he got the largest or, or heaviest or something he uh, cleaned up out there. But uh, I think the person who won it got like 40 or 60, somewhere around there. I can't remember the exact nice. number. But at least they got like 200 of them out of there. 200 and something. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but, dude, it's the Everglades. Yeah. You know, take a Frisbee, day glow orange, and throw it as far as you can out in the middle of the Everglades, and then go try to find it. Right. Uh, it's just. Yeah. So they took out three clutches. Uh, pretty yeah. much. Uh, there were a couple of uh, shining moments where they got some pregnant ones that were full of eggs and things yeah. like that, which is always a good thing. But um, To which know. I still love the. Like I said, some of the social media stuff and all that of, well, why can't we just learn to live with the snakes and leave them alone? And and on that note, we'll those just, are idiots. We'll go ahead and no, ask. Disclaimer. We'll, we'll go ahead and ask those same people. If no, it's I okay. agree with you on that. We'll ask the same people if it's OK that uh, this guy up in Raleigh, North Carolina, a snake collector who's escaped zebra cobra. Oh, I saw that today. No, no, no. You didn't hear about this one because this one's already been settled. He caused a frenzy back in June, uh, pleaded guilty to one charge uh, yesterday in court, will pay $13,000 in restitution. Uh, the 21-year-old uh, Christopher Gifford pleaded guilty to failing to report a missing snake and was ordered to pay overtime costs for law enforcement officers, emergency workers who responded to the incident. Never mind you, a missing snake that could kill you. I they just saw another one on Fox News, though. They had him. They had like thirty something charges stacked against this guy, and they reduced them all to one single charge, which led to the uh, thirteen thousand dollars in restitution and one year of probation. Once he completes it, all the charges similar to the case, the other thirty something, will be dismissed. Uh, the snake was reported outside the house in Northwest Raleigh, less than a half a mile from Gifford's home on June twenty eighth. Not by him but by somebody else who walked out and all of a sudden <laughs> Cobra comes up, full flare, the whole and nine all yards. Of a sudden, boom! And then, of course, yeah. that set off a frenzy. They call the cops, law enforcement, media, everybody shows up. They couldn't find the snake. They found it two days later. So they found it. So he but was charged with failure to report the he, escaped snake. Here, here's my thing. And we talk about, you talk about gun restrictions, and you talk about, to me, it's this is just like a drunk driver. It's just like a, I mean, anybody, you've got something that could take somebody's life. So to me, that there's no difference in somebody doing that than manslaughter to me. If you, and not uh, reporting a firearm if, if it's if, stolen. Yeah, same I mean, thing. Yep, same because thing. you've got, okay. My kid is out in the backyard, and that snake comes up and bites my kid and kills my kid. Um, yeah, no amount of money is going to make that. There's, bite. there's, uh, it's uh, going to get bad. 
Well, but the, it, the thing is, is he was charged to, uh, at failure to report the snake. Now, remember, the snake was found in June, okay? It'd been missing since November. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, this is the original one that just happened. So this has happened. So uh, he was charged with failure to keep venomous reptiles in, pro- in, in, in proper closures. Now, in addition to his zebra cobra, the one that escaped in November and they found in June, he also has in his collection rattlesnakes, vipers, and a green mamba, which, by the way, bit him back in March. So this guy doesn't seem like the most intelligent snake owner in the entire planet. So uh, for one thing, it's like saying, hey, you know what? I think to my gun collection I'm going to add, let me see, (laughs) what's really deadly and really cool. And, uh, oh, I know, I'll just get some nitroglycerin. And just take it out every once in a while and Shake swirl, yeah. swirl the jar around just to, you know, show it off to everybody. Look, I got it's nitro. And if I drop it, we'll all die. Isn't that cool? Imagine so, the person that found the thing in his yard, though, and didn't know about it. And I, I can't believe that it lived because Cobra goes That's what in I'm the saying. front yard. It's I'm standing right there, and I'm going, what, me, what? Bring me a shotgun. Yeah. That, that's or the, a machete or uh, something. No, no, no. Ask this one right it here sitting going, next to it's me. It's not leaving alive. What happens when we see the uh, moccasins and stuff at the swamp? The judge. They the, the, the ju- Yeah, the judge, jury, and executioner is getting pulled out and say hello to my friend. But Mr. how many people you think walks out the front door and they see that and they start thinking, man, did I eat them shrooms last night or not? Because that looks <laughs> like a cobra to me, man. Where's that disclaimer? Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know anybody who would go out and go. Oh, that's somebody's pet. Again, I, I, I agree with you. That's someone's pet. I can't. I can't kill that. That's someone's pet. No, we're ground checking that sucker. Sucker's dead. Well, now ground the one checking. you're talking about is the one that's missing in Texas now. That's right now. currently now it's hit the the news. That's a six foot African banded cobra. Oh my god! Yeah, that was believed this Friday. This yesterday is still roaming through the city of almost two hundred thousand people on the outskirts of Dallas. After it escaped from the owner's house, uh, they actually released a public warning on uh, Wednesday of this past week saying that the venomous snake had been reported missing from the home huh. of the owner. So at least he manned up and said, hey, yo, this cobra is out there messing around. And, of course, this is a subspecies of the forest cobra group considered one of the world's most venomous snakes. And the West African banded cobra is considered shy by the African Snake Bite Association and a training organization based in South Africa, and it rarely bites humans. But if it does, it causes progressive paralysis that could lead to death. Now, here's the other thing. This thing's from South Africa. So if you do get bit and you make it to the Dallas Hospital, greatest heart surgeons in the world, and they go, hey, does anybody got any anti-venom for the... uh, South, what is it? South what? The uh, African banded cobra. Where can we get that? I well, mean, where is that kept? I mean, is it kept at every hospital, or do they have to fly it in from uh, Johannesburg? Right. Well, again, let's go back to, why the heck you want one? Do you, what do you, sit around and watch TV and curl up and watch TV with your cobra? I, I just, That's I, nuts. I, I don't it, know. I, and I, I'm sorry. I'm 110% the person who's like, do what you want, have what you want. And everything else. But in a situation like that, if you're going to have something, I mean, like I said, that's something that could hurt a lot of people. I mean, put a now, chip in it. Do if you something. Want, yeah, if you want something being tracked, that's something you want to be tracked. 
Do you remember the one? Uh, and that leads into here. Do you remember we had the one, the King Cobra or whatever it was that escaped here in Florida? Wasn't it around? Yeah. Lakeland or Lake Wales or yep. Kissimmee or somewhere was in the center part of the state. And newsflash, and you ain't one, getting him back. Well, if that I one, see him, you ain't getting him back. That one they found behind the washing machine is some old lady. Old lady's house. Some old lady's house that uh, they actually, uh, you know, poor Mildred going out there to do her uh, light and delicates, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they saw this snake and called a uh, snake handler and they went, oh, here's the escaped cobra that has been gone for like whatever, how many days. It's like that, uh, like Placid. I've been feeding him. He's so cute. He's just growing leaps and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so hey, big I can't well, keep him anymore. I mean, it goes back to like what Bill's always said, too, about the alligator stuff and everything else. You know, you get these situations where it's like then people get mad about things happening and you want to look at them and go, okay, you have a venomous snake that kills people. That instantly associates human beings with food. Yeah. So you're talking about something that does not eat unless that that weird creature on two legs with two sticks sticking out drops a mouse inside my cage. So they know, just like an alligator looks and sees, oh, okay. Just like your dog with a treat. They're all, we're all pretty much shaped exactly the same. And so they look at it and they go, oh, here comes some food. Yep. And uh, especially if one has been hungry for quite some time. And, uh, you know, old Mrs. Maternal is sitting out there doing her light and delicates. Uh, who knows? The snake comes out of there and he's not, she's looking at it like, where's my rat? Where's my rat at? Right. I'm a little upset. I'm a little hangry. So uh, where's my rat? And, uh, you know, next thing you know, uh, they're rushing her off again with the same question. It was a whatever King Cobra bit Mrs. Whatever, and who's got the antivenom? Where do we get that? And how fast can we get here? Can we keep her alive long enough to get it here? Which, And I'm sorry. Like I said, I'll be that guy. I would be the first person to stand there and say, you can have what you want. You can own anything you want. Whatever. That's fine. But if you have an animal like that, and it bites and kills somebody. To me, you're on the hook. And you never know their their the temperament of those critters. Yeah, they could be getting ready to shed, or just done shedding, or whatever it is. You know, and everybody tells you, "Oh, don't go over there and play with it, man. She's getting ready to shed." And they get really upset. They get yeah. bitey and this that, and the other thing. And you're like, you know what you should do? I always thought that if you own a a an invasive species, especially one that it's extremely potent and venomous, they should invent a little collar. Like you used to see, what was the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where they put the collar on, and if you go past a certain thing, it blows your head off? Yeah. <laughs> so you invent, <laughs> invent a little collar that goes around the, the running snake. man. Yeah, running man. Yeah. So you invent a little collar thing with just enough explosives in there so that when it passes a certain threshold of the house. Suicide squad. Yeah, it just, boom, boom blows its head off, and it's done. But the venom thing you were talking about, I think it's Tampa General here that has, like, the large quantity of uh, anti-venom for different But snakes. that stuff has to be fresh. It has to be refreshed all the time. You yeah. can't go in there and go, uh, you know, shake the bottle up and go, ah, this has been here since June of uh, 2016. Do you think it's still good? Because ah, it could that. do more damage. Bill, sorry we couldn't get to your phone call, but we're wrapping it up, man. It's the top of the hour. Hour number three is done. Michael, thank you for coming in and uh, filling in the seat for us, man. We appreciate oh, yeah. it. No problem. You're free to go. You may head off to Homosassa or whether hither land you may wander. Diego, good luck. Next weekend. Well, he'll be here next weekend, so we can beat up on him again. Diego, no, you take care, brother. All right, we love you guys. Have a great weekend. Go out and enjoy it with your friends and family. Just watch out for them cobras.